It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, September 3rd, 2020. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Marshall Albertson is one of eight people vying for two open seats on the Sitka Assembly. And while he wants to make Sitka more affordable, he's received more attention for his online videos. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. My name is Marshall Albertson. I'm a 21-year resident of Sitka, Alaska. Uh, I'm a business owner. I own Munchie Mart, Guns of Alaska, and Absolute Tree Care. 54-year-old Marshall Albertson says he's running for a seat on the local assembly to be a voice for conservatives. I don't think Sitka is being represented fairly. I think it's being represented mainly from the liberal side of things and the silent majority, which is are not on the liberal side of things. They... Uh, seem to get the short of the stick most of the time. If he's elected, Albertson says he wants to make Sitka more affordable and business-friendly. He's particularly interested in affordable housing and reducing sales taxes in Sitka. Because it's absolutely ridiculous here. And could you imagine being a graduate from high school or something, and even if you get a decent job, say you're making $15, $17 an hour, you can't even rent an apartment. You know, you have to have two or three roommates just to survive and pay your bills. Albertson was recently in the news when he threatened to sue the city for only offering federal CARES Act funds for one of his three businesses. He also made the news when he came armed to a vigil in honor of George Floyd in Sitka's Totem Square and said he was prepared to use his firearm should the vigil turn into a riot. Many Sitkins were concerned by Albertson's attitude that evening and even more deeply troubled by his post to TikTok, a social media platform where users create 60-second videos from their cell phones. Albertson has posted over 130 videos on TikTok and on his YouTube channel, many of which could be considered threatening, sometimes even racist, transphobic, or sexist. But Albertson doesn't see it that way. What you see is what you get. You know, I'm not, I don't put on airs. I don't lie to people. I don't tell them what they want to hear. I tell them the truth, and I think people respect that. Even if it's not the answer they always want to hear, I think they respect somebody just speaking plain to them and honestly. As protests erupted across the lower 48, he said he would go to Oregon armed to defend police officers and property. Here's a clip from another video where Albertson responds to a news story about Seattle's municipal employees receiving mandated diversity training. Government, tell them how privileged they are and they got to start making changes because they're white f***ing privileged and You know what? You motherfuckers want a war. Let's just have a f***ing war. Patriots, it's time to stand up. Let's get guns in everybody's f***ing hands. Help me do that. I will put hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of guns in other people's hands because people, the war is getting ready. To, it's already started. I'm serious. Stand up. In some videos, he references Sitkins, assembly members, and local entities by name, including KCAW. In a recent YouTube video, he named a Sitkin who had filed a stalking order against him. Albertson said the man should, quote, be put down like a rabid dog. Although Albertson says he may, quote, tone it down should he be elected to public office, and says he can work with people whom he disagrees with, he nevertheless stands by every video he's made. When it comes to my videos, you know, it's a... Maybe I'm heated and stuff, but tell me anything I'm saying that's not true. You know, I might not say it all nice and bushy like a lot of people might would like, but 
I'm definitely speaking the truth. And, you know, if that turns some people off, I, I apologize for that. But it is who I am, and I'm not lying to nobody. And I'm not going to change my values for what I believe in. Marshall Albertson is one of eight candidates vying for two open seats on the Sitka Assembly. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. Raven Radio will provide continuous coverage in the weeks leading up to the municipal election on October 6th. After the first week of school, Juneau School District officials say they have about 10 percent fewer students than they forecast in the spring. Among the remaining students, hundreds have opted into Homebridge, the traditional homeschool program the district supports. These are preliminary numbers that are likely to change over the school year, but they're already having impacts. Superintendent Bridget Weiss says some elementary school teachers have been reassigned to Homebridge, and there's more to do. Homebridge is a great program, and it's supported about 35 kids a year. It's been adequate. Well, now we're supporting 300 kids, right, or thereabouts. We know we'll have some families shift back. But so that program, we're going to put some time in. These enrollment shifts could also have a significant impact on the district's budget. The way the state's education funding works is largely based on how many students show up for class, even virtually this year. State law softens the impact of abrupt drops in student counts, meaning with 10 percent fewer students, funding won't immediately fall by 10 percent. But it'll be a hit for sure. Also, school districts get less money for each homeschool student compared to a typical student. The ongoing COVID-19 pandemic and the district's decision to start the school year without in-person classes are sure factors in driving enrollment shifts. School officials anticipated the trend as the pandemic dragged out over the summer, but that wasn't clear when budgets were being drawn up in the spring. This year, of course, uh, it's extraordinary because when we developed our budget, it was just closing right at the time that this was hitting. And, you know, if you think about what we knew the first week of March compared to what we know now, it's pretty night and day difference. Weiss says school officials will look at every which way possible to resolve the coming funding gap. The summer of 2020 is one for the history books for quite a few reasons. A pandemic, protests over racial injustice, a presidential campaign. But for residents of Southeast Alaska, it's also the summer that wasn't. As KRBD's Eric Stone reports from Alaska's Energy Desk, record rainfall in Sitka and other parts of Southeast are just one more reason 2020 will be a year some will be happy to forget. Ketchikan has unofficially broken its summer rainfall record with 47 inches of its famous liquid sunshine in the months of June, July, and August. And that's not the only rain-related record that Ketchikan broke this summer. Here's National Weather Service forecaster Wes Adkins. So not only have you had the most accumulations, but you've also suffered the most rainy days. And it's been rainy all over Southeast. Sitka set a similar rainy day record with 70 days. And Petersburg set its own record for summer rainfall with at least 31.6 inches. And downtown Juneau saw more rain than it's seen in 59 years. The second wettest summer on record with more than 34 inches. What a change from uh, the last couple of years. That's climate researcher Rick Toman at the University of Alaska Fairbanks. He's referring to the drought that took hold in 2018 and lasted through much of 2019. And interestingly enough, they are both the uh, very dry conditions relative to the long-term normal and this very wet weather. We can attribute some of that to our changing climate. Toman says there are two main pieces of the puzzle. Higher ocean temperatures in the Pacific mean more water evaporating into the atmosphere. 
but it, it isn't just a matter of providing more moisture to the atmosphere. You need those storms to come along to be able to tap into it. During the drought, Toman says storms generally missed Ketchikan, but not this year. And this summer, for southern southeast, we've gotten both pieces of the puzzle to come, to the, come together. Above normal ocean temperatures, supplying more water, and the storms to wring it out. But Toman says the weather pattern of the drought years is probably going to be more common in the decades to come. But enough talk about the atmosphere and ocean temperatures. What's it been like to sit and watch nearly four feet of rain come down? Well, it's been a very dreary summer because of a variety of things. That's Dave Kiefer, a Ketchikan writer and local historian. First of all, you have the COVID situation and the lack of a cruise industry, so there's been that lack of energy anyway. Ketchikan's normally buzzing docks are just about empty. Businesses are struggling to keep their doors open. And important events like the Blueberry Arts Festival and the Fourth of July Parade were canceled or reshaped. Kiefer says most people in Ketchikan tend to know what they're in for. In a place that gets an average of 12 and a half feet of rain every year, long rainy spells are kind of to be expected. We are used to that in Ketchikan. That's, that, that's not the problem. But we need to have a few weeks at some point during the year where it's not raining. Especially in a year like this, with no tourists, no money, no jobs, and an uncertain outlook for the future. Kuiper says people need to be able to get out and enjoy the island. But this year, it seems like the winter never really ended. We don't need a lot of those days to make it okay, but when we get none of them, then people become almost suicidal. In Sitka, which broke its record with 70 rainy days between the beginning of June and the end of August, crime writer John Straley says the weather has some residents at the end of their rope. The rain has just been uh, merciless. Straley says he plays music with some friends, outdoors of course, for health reasons, but just about every time he and his bandmates get together, it's raining and blowing. It just doesn't feel good. People are still, are now are starting to talk about getting out of town. But with the pandemic and the collapse of the tourism industry, it's that much harder to get off the rock. All there really is to do is to watch the rain totals slowly tick upwards. Here's Dave Kiefer in Ketchikan again. It seemed to be a major diversion for us you know, here at the, at the end of this, this, this kind of lost summer to have people go, hey, this is kind of exciting. So if there's one silver lining to these persistent clouds, it's bragging rights. Not only was 2020 the worst ever year for tourism in Ketchikan, it was also the gloomiest, dreariest, wettest summer in a century of recorded data. For Alaska's Energy Desk, I'm Eric Stone in Ketchikan. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. This is Morning Edition.